Welcome to Christian Faith Center. We're a church that meets in multiple locations. If you'd like to know more about our church, just head to our website, experiencecfc.com. Thanks for joining us. Nice. Who's excited for CFC College? Whoop, whoop. I mean, I'm super excited. Okay. <laughs> Pastor Brandon, it's going to be incredible. We already have so many students signed up and wow, cannot wait. So interest meeting tonight. Don't miss it if you're interested. Hey, I just want to take a minute and introduce myself if you don't know who I am. My husband and I um, are the lead pastors here at Christian Faith Center. My name is Pastor Amanda. Uh, and Pastor Jordan, he's out. He's in Montana, um, crazy enough, preaching. We have some friends up there at Canvas Church. So he's literally in Cowsville, Montana, which is where he was born. And so he is having all sorts of, like, nostalgia and, like, sending me pictures of mountain goats. And it's... It's super fun. So be praying for him. And he says hello. Um, he misses you guys. And he asked me to speak today um, so that you wouldn't miss him as much, which I'm like, okay, I don't know about that. But it is an honor and a privilege to be able to speak to you guys this morning. So, babe, if you watch, I just want to say thank you for the privilege it is to speak today. Um, I'm super excited for today. I have a word in my heart for you. And it's, it's going to be good. Okay. So just get ready. Seatbelts on, okay. <laughs> no, I've been praying and, you know, looking through the last several weeks, like, Lord, what do you want to say? What do you have to say to your church today? And uh, really, I have been stuck in the story of Esther. Do you guys know Esther? The story of Esther. Okay, so most people know the story. If you haven't read the whole book of Esther, it's pretty short. Uh, but if you haven't read it, that's your homework this week is to go home and read Esther because I'm going to kind of give you a broad picture of the entire story. But there's so much in the story of Esther. And really, Esther is this amazing picture of purpose. It is a beautiful picture of God's purpose and place that he has for us. And so today I really want to dive into you and your purpose and how we can walk in that purpose, looking at the life of Esther. And so I'm going to give you a little bit of background on the story of Esther. And so we have, um, if you haven't, if you don't know the story of Esther, if you haven't read it, so it's King uh, Xerxes, Xerxes, how do you say it? Um, he gets really mad at his current wife, and she, like, embarrasses him at a party. And so he's like, that's it. You're dead to me, banished for life. I'm finding a new wife. Okay, and so that's kind of how we start the story. Um, and so what happens is, so uh, King Xerxes, he, he goes through and they gather up all the young women uh, nearby. And he's like, we're going to get all these other new ladies. And you can just, we'll send them one by one and until you find the one you like. And then you make that one queen. Okay, so it's kind of a crazy story, but it kind of sets Esther up to where she is now pulled in this pool of women, being presented to the king to possibly become the queen. And so it's just, it's an incredible story. And so we're going to dive into it. And again, your homework is to read through all of it um, as we kind of touch through each part of her story today. So I'm going to read the scripture to you and then pray as we open up. So we'll kick it off in Esther 2. Verses 5 through 8 says, And at that time there was a Jewish man in the fortress of Susa who was named Mordecai, son of Jair. He was from the tribe of Benjamin and was known or was a descendant of Kish and Semei. His family had been among those who, with King Jerichoan of Jerusalem, had been exiled from Jerusalem to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. 
This man had a very, a very beautiful and lovely young cousin, Hadessa, who was also called Esther. When her father and mother died, Mordecai adopted her into his family and raised her as his own daughter. As a result of the king's decree, Esther, along with many other young women, was brought into the king's harem at the fortress of Susa and placed in Haggai's care. So they were all taken, all to be presented to the king. So Lord, we just stop and we say thank you. Thank you for the purpose that you have for each and every one of us here today. God, we pray that your will would be done. God, that you would speak to your people. God, that you would be glorified. That you would help us to see our purpose. To know, God, what you are calling us into. Thank you for um, everything that you have already done today. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who is present here today. And we just pray, God, that you would have your way and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So Esther was being called out of her regular normal life and put into the kingdom, (laughs) right? Into the kingdom. And God does this for us in the spiritual, right? He was doing it in the natural for Esther. He was calling her out of just a mundane, ordinary, boring life, calling her out of the mundane and into something supernatural. He was calling Esther out of obscurity and into notoriety. You know, and a lot of times what we do is we try to discredit ourselves from having some kind of purpose or feeling like we can't be used of God because we're just normal people. Any normal people in the house? Okay, just a few. The rest of you guys, I don't know, some weird people, but this first service, I was like, any weird people in the house? Woo, okay, see, I get some responses to that. I'm like, yes. So we're either normal or weird. Like, there's no, <laughs> we're just normal people, right? We'll try to disqualify ourselves because of our past, our, our upbringing, our history, our, our mistakes, our, our whatever. You fill in the blank. We always try to discredit ourselves from saying, well, God doesn't have a purpose for me. He doesn't have a purpose in my life. He can't possibly use me because of whatever. You know, and I love that Esther was just a normal person, <laughs> She was a normal Jewish girl. She was actually, you know, she was an orphan. She had no parents. um, And she was exiled. She was in a foreign land with foreign people. And God still called her out and chose her among all the rest to be pulled out of obscurity and put into notoriety. And God is doing the same for us. He is pulling us out of the mundane and putting us into the supernatural. Because God has something for you in the kingdom of God. He is calling you to come out of this world and into the kingdom of God. He is calling us out of obscurity and into notoriety to walk in the purpose and place that God has for us. See, we are not meant to live like the world lives. We are meant to live on purpose. We are meant to live with God, within the kingdom of God. Of God. And the Bible says if we seek first the kingdom of God, all other things will be added, right? When we seek the kingdom of God and we allow ourselves to be to transfer out of the world and into the kingdom, He immediately gives us purpose in that. There's always purpose in your life. And the Bible confirms over and over again that you have a purpose. He has a purpose for you. And in case you're not getting it, I want to read these scriptures to you. Romans 8, 28. I love Romans. 
It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Amen? Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He had a plan for you before you were even born. Did you know long ago could actually be translated as before the world was created? Before you were created, before this place existed, God had a plan spelled out for your life. And you can't talk about purpose without reading Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a hope and a future. There is no question about it. You have a purpose. So I want you to say it. Say, I have purpose. Okay. Y'all need some coffee or... It's the second service. I expect a little bit more energy, okay? I want you to say it. Say, I have purpose. purpose. That is right. You have a purpose. God has a purpose for you. And every time God takes us from one season into another season, it is always for a purpose. In this life, we are constantly going from season to season to season to season. Amen? And in every single season, there is a purpose for it. There is a purpose in your life. There is a purpose and a place. God had a purpose and a place set aside for Esther. But did you know that Esther had to prepare for the place before she received her position as queen? You know, a lot of times we we think things just happen immediately or overnight, but there is this season to prepare. Esther had to prepare. You know, I like to look at the preparing season as the preteen phase. Okay, you're not quite who you were, but you're not quite who you are becoming yet. You're somewhere in the middle. Anyone have preteens? Okay. (laughs) I have a preteen right now. I'm like, this is new. Like, they don't want to quite play with toys anymore, but they're like, not cool enough. Like, they're not teenagers yet. Like, they're just, they're in this middle, right? We all have seasons like that, where we are in a season of preparation. It is a preteen season, <laughs> where we are preparing, right? We're not yet who we're going to be, but we're not who we were. And so we have to learn to embrace these seasons of preparation. And I want to be very clear with you that seasons of preparation are not seasons of waiting. A lot of times what we do is we like to think that a season of preparation is a season of waiting, or worse, we think our season of waiting is actually a season of denial. And what can happen is if we misunderstand what season we are in, we can get anxious and depressed, assuming that we're just waiting, or that God's answer is no, and we're experiencing denial, when really you are in a season of preparation. It is not a season of denial and it's not a season of waiting. It is a season of preparation. When we understand what season we're in, then we can embrace that season and understand that we're being prepared for something else. It's not just a season to wait and hold on until Jesus comes back. No, we are in a season of preparation. 
We have to be prepared. We cannot misunderstand a season as a season of waiting, as a season of denial. No, it is a season of preparation, and it's all for a purpose. There is a purpose inside all of it. You know, and I, I get this a lot because I'm a pastor, right? And so people are like, of course, you have purpose. Like, it's easy for you to say that you have purpose and, like, you're a pastor and you minister to people. And, you know, can I just encourage you in something? <laughs> Do you know, I have only been on full-time staff now for a year. Do you guys want to know when the Lord called me into ministry? 14 years ago, Okay. <laughs> So we like to look at, you know, have you guys ever heard the term overnight success, right? Like we like to think of everything as like an overnight success. Well, really, we just actually just noticed them, but they have been working and, and diligently preparing for like 10 years, typically. You know, we look at the doctor and we're like, well, it's a doctor, of course, like this is amazing life and all these things. Well, do you know they spent like 10 to 12 years in medical school preparing? Like we have seasons to prepare, but as Americans, we love to just look at the success of people and be like, it's this overnight success. It just happened immediately. No, you have seasons to prepare to get you to where God is calling you to be, right? All of the seasons that I wasn't in full-time ministry, I was still walking in my purpose, but God was preparing me for this place I'm at now, right? My seasons of being a mom, stay-at-home mom, my seasons of working, owning a business, being in real estate. I've done a lot of things, (laughs) and it's all had a purpose to get me to where I am today, and where I am today is probably preparing me for my next season, right? We're constantly going and moving in our seasons, and we have to understand a season correctly to understand the purpose behind that season is to prepare you. It is not just a season to wait. It is not just a season of denial. It is a season of preparation. What is God doing in your life? What is he preparing in your life? You know, before Esther could see the king, she had to prepare. She didn't just go to the king and then the king's like, okay, you're queen. Although he did make her queen overnight, she had to prepare for over a year In Esther 2, verse 12, it says, Before each young woman was taken to the king's bed, she was given the prescribed 12 months of beauty treatments, six months with oil of myrrh, followed by six months of special perfumes and ointments. So before she could even see the king, she had to spend a whole year at the spa. I mean, I could go for that. (laughs) I could go for a spa year, okay? Not just like a spa day. It's like a spa year. (laughs) Esther had to be bathed in oils and perfumes and had to be made ready to be presented to the king. And can I just encourage you that you are being prepared, that you are being washed clean, that you are being refined, that you are being prepared for the king. You are being prepared for your place. What I love about this picture is Esther was washed in oils and perfume. She was ultimately preparing for the king. But can I encourage you today that sometimes the reason God is taking so long in your season of preparation is that he doesn't want you to have just a surface anointing. No, you are going to have a deep spiritual work a deep anointing in your life, not just a surface anointing. And maybe you're saying, what is this fancy Bible word, anointing? 
We only use it in church, really, but anointing can simply be defined as the practice of pouring oil on a person or a thing that symbolizes some type of special recognition, setting a person or thing apart as holy, and or conferring divine authority. Esther was bathed in oils for a year. Oil always points to the anointing and the work of the Holy Spirit. God might be taking so long because he does not want you to have a surface anointing. He needs you healed. He needs you whole. He needs you prepared. He needs you anointed. He needs you to spend time with him. He needs you to learn the word of God. He needs you to heal from those past traumas, right? God is preparing you for your purpose and for your place. You are being set apart as holy. You are being washed clean. You are being made new in the image of God. Your season of preparing is not a season of waiting. It is not a season of denial. When we misunderstand our season and we feel like it's a season of waiting or anxiety or waiting or denial, it can lead us to anxiety and depression because we don't understand that God is doing a deep work within you. And can I just say that Christian Faith Center, we are not a surface anointing church. God is doing a deep work within us. He is washing us, refining us, making us clean, making us new, setting us apart as holy. And when the time was right, Esther was made queen. She didn't rush it. She didn't try to overdo it. She didn't pry her way in. She let God do what only God can do. She followed the advice of her mentor. She took the prescribed treatments. She was bathed in the oils. And when she met with the king, he was so pleased. He said, this is my new queen and made her queen immediately overnight. And can I just encourage you today, when you embrace your season of preparing, when you understand that God is preparing you for something, how quickly things can change. Things can change in a day. You can be promoted. You can step into that new season. You can see that thing that you are believing for in a moment when we understand and go through the process of being prepared. When the time was right, Esther was made queen. And when the time is right for us, it's God who will set us in our place. You don't have to kick and scream and pry (laughs) your way in. God will set you there. Let God do the preparation work. Let God set you in your place that he has prepared for you. Because when the time is right, he will set us in our place. When the time is right, he set Esther in her place. And you know what? When she was placed to be queen, there was a purpose assigned to it. It wasn't just to make her queen for fun. He made her queen for a purpose. And when you are placed, God doesn't just put you in a place. He puts you into your purpose. He doesn't just place you in a place for a place's sake. He places you in a place for your purpose. It is always, always tied back to your purpose. You know, by the time Esther was lifted from obscurity, she was taken out of obscurity and put into notoriety as queen. She got to the place that God had for her, and there was a purpose assigned to it. 
I'm sure when she became queen, it didn't look exactly like she thought it was going to look. Have you guys ever got to a new season and it doesn't really look like how you thought it was going to look? Like you prayed for this breakthrough, you prayed for this, you know, promotion, you prayed for this relationship, and then you get there and you're like, oh, there is drama. (laughs) Oh, this is not quite what I thought it was going to be, right? This is more pressure, more stress, more drama, more whatever, right? We get into this place and then Esther gets into this place. She was made queen overnight and this is amazing. I'm sure being queen had some great perks, Um, but there was this drama, right? There was this man named Haman. So if you're not familiar with this story, this man named Haman, during the time that Queen Esther was queen, he hated the Jewish people. So he like devised this whole plan and like had all this money and all these things and made this deal with the king. And they're like, we're going to annihilate the entire Jewish people on this particular date. And it was like a year away. And the king's like, great, do it. Let's all the people, whatever you want to do, it's all you. And so he like signed this into law that um, it was like March something. And on the next year, they were going to annihilate all of the Jewish people. (laughs) What I love is that Esther was Jewish. Do you remember she was a normal Jewish girl who was made queen? Only she could fulfill the purpose in that place. She was Jewish. She had the ability to approach the king and plead for her people. If that queen was anybody else, they wouldn't care. (laughs) They wouldn't care about the Jewish people. Esther was a normal Jewish girl. Sometimes we we say, well, I can't because I'm just a normal person. I don't know enough. I I don't have the right pedigree, right? No, we get into a situation, and when it doesn't look the way you thought it was going to be, what is God calling you into? Maybe God is asking you to pray for that person. Maybe God is asking you to address that drama. Maybe God is asking you to stretch within that place. If it doesn't look like what you thought it was going to look like. He had that place set up for her, but it was for a purpose. And it was for a purpose that only she could fulfill. Don't forget that God prepared you for this place. So if you feel unprepared, if you feel like you're not qualified to handle the stress or the drama, remember that God has prepared you for this place. And you are in the place that you are for a purpose. Nothing is ever wasted with God. She was Jewish. She was set in this place not to be comfortable, not just to save herself, but to save her people. The place is not the purpose. The purpose is within our place. Remember, we're placed for a purpose. Where are you at right now? What do you see? Who do you see? Who is God calling you to reach out to? Who is God calling you to pray for? What is God calling you to step out and do? What is right in front of your eyes? Typically, I've found that's exactly the purpose he has for you. The place is not the purpose. You know, sometimes we can get too enamored with the place. We can fall in love with the place. How many know that being queen probably had amazing perks? (laughs) Right? You get like servants to do everything. You just take a year spa year, whatever you want. Um, But the place isn't the purpose. Can I give you two roadblocks that can prevent you from stepping into your purpose? The first one is that the place actually becomes our purpose. God puts us in a place for a purpose, but often we end up loving the place 
more than we love the purpose that he has for us in it. I see this happen too many times where we pray and we pray and we work and we work and we pray and and we do all the things so that we can be successful, so we can get the promotion, so we can have the successful business, so we can make the money and we do the right things and get the right relationships and we work and we pray and we plead and then we get there and we're like, this is amazing. I never want to lose it. The title is too position. The money is too important. We don't want to lose what we have. The place actually becomes our purpose. When God is calling us to say, no, the place is not the purpose. The place is meant to facilitate your purpose. What is around you? You know, Queen Esther, she had to risk her place in order to fulfill her purpose. She had to be willing to risk it all to fulfill her purpose. She had to risk within her, pur- within her place, she had to risk everything to fulfill her purpose. We can get so focused on the place that we don't want to step out and risk our place. Mordecai, or in Esther 4, 13 through 14, it says, Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you are in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arrive from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. Mordecai had to remind Esther that her place would not save her. And remind her that her purpose was actually inside of her place. The place was not the purpose. Can I give you a side note here? Get yourself a good mentor. (laughs) Make sure you have good friends that call out when you get distracted by your place and remind you of your purpose. Because the place isn't the purpose. God is calling us to so much more within our place. God didn't set her in the palace for her to be comfortable and live the good life. And so many times we get to a place that we've worked for and we've prayed for and we've spent all this time trying to get to to be successful and then we're like, this is it. I am living the good life. And then we let off the gas. We stop praying as much. We stop reaching out to others. We stop serving. We stop doing the things that God has put in our hearts so long ago because we don't want to lose our place. You know, I've done a lot of things before being in ministry. And one of those things, I was in um, real estate for several years. And, you know, a couple, it was maybe a year or two into it, I was getting pretty successful. And I went to like a realtor association lunch thing that I never go to. And so I went one day, I think Title brought me. And so I was like, oh, this is a great lunch. And I ran into somebody I know. And they're like, oh, this is so great. You know, how are you doing? And, you know, you should run for one of the, the open seats on the association. I was like, oh, you know, I don't have time for that. She looked me dead in the face, and she's like, oh, well, I don't have time either, but I make time. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, like, kind of ended the conversation. And, but I thought about it later, and I was like, man, Lord, should I make time for this? Like, this is an open door. I'm following you. I'm in real estate simply because there was an open door, and I follow favor. And, you know, I, so I was praying, and I, I was so reminded in that moment. God was like, no, I haven't called you to pursue the place, because that would, that would 
get me up there. That would get me more, you know, I'd be able to mingle. I'd, I'd see more success. Like it would lean into my career, but I wouldn't have as much time to serve. I wouldn't be able to give as much. I wouldn't have as much focus on the things that I know are inside of me that God had already called me to. And so if I was to make that decision to pursue my place, I would have to give up on my purpose. And so in that moment, I was reminded, God's like, no, it's not about the place. Pursue the purpose, pursue the kingdom, and then everything else will be added to you. And so from that moment on, I stopped caring about the place. <laughs> I stopped caring about the career and, and all the accolades and all the things that you can get is great, but I cared more about the purpose. And what I leaned into was the purpose within the place, and that was people. It was the people, the people that I was helping, the people that I was able to pray with, the people that I was able to encourage to help. There were so many times where I was able to pray for people in that moment because they knew that I was Christian. I wasn't quiet about it. I was going to pray for you. I was going to help you, right? I was like the crazy realtor, like selling houses, okay? I remember one time in particular, it was after that moment, I, I was helping this sweet, sweet old lady. She was in a nursing home and uh, we were selling off multiple properties and, and getting rid of a, a whole estate that she had. And so I was meeting with her at the nursing home and, and she gets a phone call and she's, you know, she's older. So she's like, hold on, I gotta take this call. She's, and I was like, no, no problem. And so I'm waiting and she takes the call. And then all of a sudden she's just like, <gasps> starts crying and screaming. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like what happened? So she hangs up the phone and she's like, my daughter just died. And she just got the call and she's just bawling. And her daughter's only 50. And so I put all the paperwork aside because it's not about the place. It's not about the career. It's about the person right in front of me. And we prayed and we cried and I encouraged her as best as I could. And in, the, in those moments where there's people that are desperate for us to step out and to pray with them and to encourage them and to lead them but we can get so focused on our place that we forget that it's not about a place, it's not about a thing, it's not about a, a career, it's about the purpose that God has right in front of you. Who is right in front of you? What is God calling you into? Who can you pray for that you've been so afraid to pray for? You're like, I can't pray for my boss, I'm gonna get fired. Sometimes God calls us to risk within our place, to step out in faith and trust him that he will be with us as we step out and trust him in that place. Because it's not about the place, it's about the purpose. And sometimes he asks us to risk our place in order to fulfill our purpose. Sometimes he asks us to give when we're like, oh, I couldn't give, that is way too much, that would hurt, right? I can't serve, I wouldn't be able to have as much influence over here if I gave my time over here. And I can't pray for this person, I'll get kicked out of this friends group, or I'll get fired, or I'll get made fun of. And, and we decide not to risk within our place, but God is calling us to risk inside of the place that we're at because it's all about the purpose. Who is in front of you? What is in front of you? Then you are the answer to the need that you see. You know, the second roadblock into not being able to step into our purpose is the fear of failure. Some of us, we might not be as concerned about our place, but we don't want to fail. We don't want to step out and take that risk and serve and pray and, and be with people around us because what if they reject us? What if they shut us down? What if I step out and I fall on my face? Can I just encourage you? Do you know what happened when Esther stepped out in front of the king? 
You know, in those days, if she was to step in front of the king without being called, she would die. The king would have to hold out his scepter and, and show that he was approved. And if he didn't, he's out. Do you remember what happened to his previous wife <laughs> when he got mad at her? Okay, he killed her. Well, banished, killed, it's a little unclear. Um, but she was out. So Queen Esther has to think of this. She had to risk it all within her place to fulfill her purpose. And you know what happened when she stepped out in front of the king? She risked everything to plead for her people's life. And you know what he did? He held out his scepter and he said, I am well pleased with you. Anything you ask, I will give you up to half of the kingdom. What do you want? What do you want? And God is saying that to us today. Do not be afraid to step out. What do you want? What are you praying for? I will be there with you. I will give you the wisdom you need. I will never leave you or abandon you. I will never forsake you. When we follow after God and his purpose for our life, he will not leave us empty-handed. He will not leave you to fail. You have no reason to fear because God is with you. When you seek first the kingdom of God, all else will be added to it. You don't have to worry about the other things because God is with you. He will not let you fail. He did not let Esther fail and he will not let you fail today. Amen. Can you guys stand with me? I'm going to pray for you. You know, maybe you're here today and you're like, I don't know who this Jesus is. I don't even know that I have a purpose in my life. I want to let you know that he is here right now with an open invitation for you to receive him and accept that he died for you, that he loves you, that he has a purpose for your life, that he is never going to leave you or abandon you. There is a God who so loves you and has a purpose for your life. If you've never accepted Jesus and you want to today, if you could just raise up your hand, I just want to pray for you that God would make himself known to you, that you would be made new and made whole in him. Thank you, Lord. God, would you bless these people that are responding, God. Thank you for them. Would you show them your purpose in your places? They place their faith and their trust and their hope in you, God. Would you build them up? Would you show them the plan and purpose you have for their life? In Jesus' name. And I'm gonna call up the prayer team today. If you're having a hard time seeing that purpose, if you don't know where to begin, you feel that step, like God's calling you to something more, but you don't know exactly what, you don't know what God is calling you into, I wanna encourage you, you have a purpose. And if you're having a hard time seeing it, let us pray for you today. If you have any other needs, we would love to pray for you. But I'm gonna pray one last time and then we're gonna to worship together. God, I just thank you for all of these people here. As we step into your purpose, as we walk into what you have called us to do, God, as we risk our place and step into our purpose, God, would you be with us? God, I pray that we would not fail, God, that we would, we would step out and you would be with us, God, that we would see lives changed, people made whole. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.